on Karina and Kirsten get to work, we're talking about the state of women in the workplace. Get a cup of tea, sit down. It's a heavy load, friends. Why are you telling everybody what to do? Because they need to have some direction for this. Welcome to Karina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Kirsten Barron. And I'm Karina Hoyer. And we are delighted to have you today because, listeners, we are at 100 episodes of... Woo-hoo! I don't know. That was like a whistle, like so a train good. whistle. It was good, it was whatever train, it was. Trains are coming. Trains are coming. <laughs> trains going by. 100 episodes of ease, meaning, and joy mm-hmm. for women at work. That's right. And I can hardly believe it. It's so fun. Thank you so much for just a hundred fun, stinking times. Wasn't a little bit stinking. That's my favorite thing that you just said. Fun, stinking, stinking times. A hundred. Um, you're welcome. I thought you were going to break into song there. I was like, mm, that would be new. And thank you. Uh, and no, I am not breaking into song. <laughs> I am breaking into your sentence. I think I'm going to interrupt you if, uh, about a hundred times. To, if if the history is any um, predictor of the future, I'm going to interrupt you. That's what makes a, a good conversation. A little interrupting. <laughs> oh God. Okay, hundred episodes of recording on the land of the Coast Salish people mm-hmm. about women work in ease, meaning and joy. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking about uh, our hundredth episode and how important it is to mark milestones and have rituals i think we yes. even did an episode about that the secret sauce that's right you rituals got you, you need got... the secret sauce what's our i don't know what our like milestone episode ritual is other than to thank the other people who've been involved in this because it's not just krina and kirsten get to work it's krina and kirsten and clint and amy and stacy get to work mm-hmm. right and yep. kmre Yep, and KMRA, community radio, community-powered radio. Yeah, it's just all of these people yep. behind the scenes that have helped us. Like Clint at Intellitonic, helping us with our website and our SEO and all of our blah, 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 which I, you do, so I don't understand that. Yeah, it's all blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. And then there is Amy, our fabulous photographer. Oh, my gosh. Amy Anderson from... Um, Lemon Wing. Lemon Wing, who's amazing, who is magic. The, the photographs that she can pull off. I am the most unphotogenic person, and I only hate like one out of every 10 photographs that First she... of all, you're not unphotogenic. It, but I am. I, she makes People us look this. great, and also she makes us do weird shit, and we do it. And it's fun. Yeah, it's super fun. Super creative, really imaginative, really... Who likes getting their picture taken? I do. I, do. I love it. I do with Amy. Yeah. I love it. It's super fun. And then Stacy, who does our sound and co- talking to crows from talking to crows, which um, they, Stacy and her team of one, Stacy and her team of one. Hey, Stace. Um, she does all of the cutting, like equalizing our sound, making it sound good, cutting out the bloopers, etc. Getting rid of all the stuff we mess up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of. Who doesn't need someone to get rid of all the stuff you mess up? Uh, stay tuned at the end of this episode for a little surprise. I think Stacy's going to um, add after the credits, by the way. A stinger reel. A stinger reel. Or something like that. And then there's also a KMRE, like you said, Community Powered Radio, mm-hmm. which gave us our start. Let us record in their basement and continues to air our shows, which I think. Is great. Which is why I try and avoid swearing. <laughs> and I just want to shout out before we leave Talking to Crows and their movie, Just Like Men. Oh, yeah. Everything, video production, weddings, 
funky wedding videos, all the good stuff. That's great. Yeah. Love them all. Mm-hmm. And we have so many listeners in Washington State, which is where all of the our team is located, including us. So there you go, folks. <laughs> where our team and us are located. <laughs> There's the plug. There's the plug. But today we're – how apropos that Mackenzie and Lean In just released their 2023 – 2022. 2022. What year is it now? 2020. We're going to stick on 2022 for a little while longer. I'll okay. let you know when we move there, to 23. Oh, my God. It's I have gotten to that point where I don't know what year it is. I, I, I know it seems weird. But you really do. You but do. I do. I have just to think about it, lost track of it for a I second. I just have to think about it. So, uh, yeah, they released their 2022 Women in the Workplace report really in conjunction with our 100th episode. I think we they coordinated They planned that. it. So what a perfect thing for us to revisit. Because that's our motivation, right? Like, we want this. We've we want focused, this data. We want this data. And I just want to give listeners a heads up. It is hard data. It's re- in fact, Karina's sitting down today. It for the yeah, you're gonna hear my she, chair squeaking. She around always that. stands up and I sit down for the when we record. And today she's sitting down. And I'm like, well, I think that's appropriate because it's some hard data we have today. It's hard data. And also daylight savings time kicked in, which means it's getting dark. I feel like I want to it's like three thirty in the afternoon and I'm ready for bed. And we have a cup of tea and hard data and we might just take a nap on you it's like, it's like <laughs> if we doze off you'll know that's what it is i i wonder how many of our listeners um wait with bated breath for the current mckinsey and lean in report like i do i do too i'm super excited i mean this has been like they've been doing this for seven years mm-hmm over the course of time, they've talked to over 800 companies mm-hmm. who've participated. There's been almost a half a million people, over 400,000 people mm-hmm. who've been surveyed. Um, and this year is a great year, too. This year, they've got three hundred over 300 organizations who participated. These organizations employ more than 12 million people. They've surveyed 40,000 employed people, and they have conducted interviews, which I think is great with the diverse group of identities, including women of color, LGBTQ plus, um, disabled folks. So they've really done, I think, a good job getting to people, finding the people we want to hear from. Yeah. And they've been, like you said, they've been doing this since 2015. And, you know, according to them, it's the largest study on the state of women in corporate America, which I believe when we first started out back in July of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, this was one of the first things we referenced. It was one of, in our first 12 shows. It was really fun. Yeah. And we've been checking in on the state of women in the workplace ever since. Turns out it's there's a lot of there's a lot of shit going down for women. Ah, uh, yeah. Hence yeah. me sitting down. Yeah, you're sitting down. And it's like someday I really hope we can open up this report and just get all this great news. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, you know, this is the third time, third time's a charm, listeners. I'm just warning you, it's not great data. It's really crazy. And also, um, as we will explore, they took a look at the impact that COVID had on women in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And that's also introduced some stark new disparities that we get to explore Mm because, hey... It's all fun stuff. Let's try to laugh a lot, though, in this show. Do you want to? Ooh. I'm going to. Can I laugh artificially? (laughs) 
I'm going to just crack a bunch of <laughs> jokes. have to laugh artificially. No, it's hard. Okay, so what did we learn? There, there are a couple of big themes that they pointed out. And the first one was that women are leaving the workforce in record numbers. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have heard of the Great Resignation. We've talked about that. Or the Great Switch Up. Or the Great or the Reorganization. Great, yeah, all whatever you want to call it. They're that. calling it the Great Breakup. Mm-hmm. And their first chunk of data really focused on how women are demanding more from the workplace and if they're not getting it they're leaving Mm -hmm. and um some of the data is really stark i would say um that kind of overarching the overarching themes of women um not wanting to stay in companies Mm -hmm. because of cultural issues that they're experiencing like if women, if companies don't prioritize flexibility, if companies don't allow you, they don't prioritize diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's if right. They don't recognize work. You yep. know, those are, yeah, it's very interesting. But women are leaving in greater numbers than ever before. Ever the highest before. Rate in, yeah, well, I should say the highest rate in years since re- these this research mm-hmm. has begun. Yep. Yep. And the gap between. Women, I mean, we talk about the great resignation, which is for everybody. Yeah. But for women, it is more mm-hmm. significantly more women are leaving the workplace than men. And there's a reason for that. Right. What's interesting, too, is that leaders are leaving at an even higher rate. Mm-hmm. Um, I read, let me get the statistic right. You're that, looking for the stat that for every two women who leave yeah. a leadership position, only one is recruited. Is that the one you're thinking about? For every woman at a director level who gets mm-hmm. yeah promoted, two women directors leave their mm-hmm. company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that to me is great. So so that's going backwards. That's what I mean. We're going backwards. Yeah, that's what's so. That's one of the hard things about. It's this. one of the really hard things. It does not. It kind of defies the assumption at least that I have, that, oh, things are getting better all the time. Mm -hmm. They're not. They're not. Mm -hmm. Every woman that gets promoted to women, for every woman that gets promoted, two women are leaving. Mm -hmm. To those leadership director type positions. That's stark. So why? Why? What's the big why? And um, the data is stronger for younger women meaning younger women are more likely to be the ones to leave and to express concern about these issues. Mm. Not that other women don't also share these, but it's a younger focused. Mm-hmm. There's more intensity in younger women around these issues. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think any of this is going to come as a surprise because when I look back at our 100 episodes, uh-huh. we've touched on all of these things. Yeah. So overworked. Yep. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Women are feeling overworked. They're feeling that they do more than men do in similar positions at their level. Didn't we just talk about that in We've, our Working With Men episode? Absolutely. How women who work with women get a lot of shit done. Women who work with men, the men don't do anything. Well, yes, that they're actually going to, that if you work with just men, you're likely to do more yeah. than if you work with with women, with yeah. more women. Um, and the work of employee well-being the work of diversity, equity, and inclusion typically falls to women in the workplace, mm-hmm. as we've as we've discovered, and that is more work, mm-hmm. right? That's this overwork piece, mm-hmm. and a lot of this work is not formally rewarded in most companies. Yeah, it's not recognized, right? Employee, like employee well being, like when you're trying to when you're caring for your coworkers or you know 
whatever you're doing, bringing in cookies, organizing a lunch, a walk, that's not work that's typically rewarded. Yeah, or, ten- or recognized. Yeah, tending to the culture, mm-hmm. tending to belonging, to harken back to the episode mm-hmm. we just did, you know, two times ago. Women tend to be the people who carry the extra initiatives and also who work more, who put significantly more effort towards their jobs and these additional tasks. Yep. And they're, t- they're done. They're ready. They're, they're far more likely than men at their, at, at whatever level it is, women report to be far more burned out than, than mm-hmm. men do. Which makes sense. Right. Because if you're doing more, that means you have less Right. So you're burnt out, which also impacts promotion. Mm -hmm. Right. So if women leaders are stretched thinner than other men in leadership, it's more likely that they're going to be more stressed out and maybe not even willing to take on another thing. Did you see in the report that they were talking about how, especially as you kind of rise to the ranks to, uh, to a leadership position, they're comparing men and women and how most men in leadership positions have women at home supporting oh, yes. them yes. in the sort of domestic tasks. But women in C-suite or the upper echelons of business are also during doing that second shift at home. And, very, and much less likely to have that same stay-at-home partner. Yes, exactly. So when I was in law school, Professor Paul Zweer, who I loved, my torts professor, said to me, well, Kirsten, if you want to be a good lawyer, you need a good wife. Oh, and I remember I remember just being on one hand horrified. But on the other hand, I was like, I think that might be true. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, I mean, there is all sorts of stuff to unpack with that, which we will not do in this episode. But it's interesting, this idea that, you know, this second shift. Yeah. If you. It's there. So it, it is. It says um, among entry level employees, women are about twice as likely as men to be doing all of the work at home. Mm-hmm. Among employees in leadership, the gap nearly doubles. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Which contributes to the burnout. So again, women are leaving jobs because they're overworked. Mm-hmm. They're overworked, they're overworked, they're overworked, they're not rec- and they're not recognized for their work. Women leaders are twice as likely as male leaders to be mistaken for someone who's junior. Yeah, so that means... So, right. Does that mean like just in casual... Oh, that means people think I'm a paralegal and not a lawyer. Right. Right. Or they think that I'm a legal assistant and not a lawyer. They think you're a nurse, not a doctor. Right. They think you're an assistant, not a executive. Yes. Thank you. Um, and also 37 percent of women leaders have had a coworker get credit for their idea. So it's like they're not recognized compared to 27 percent of men. Yeah. Right. So it's a significant difference between people not getting recognized for their work, which I frequently let others take credit for my work. It's strategic. It's great. I, I like that. I like that. For me, in a leadership position, that's fine. I actually want the people who work for me to feel successful. And but to, you don't want your coworkers. You don't. You don't want someone your same level to take. Yeah. It. And I think that's the that's, rub. That's the rub. That's yeah. not. Yeah. That's the rub. Yeah. So yeah, that is the rub. 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 Can we say rub like five hundred times? We can. I because did. It's a good word. I think I it's just a good did. Word. Uh, Okay, and, why why else are they leaving? So, and then what what the report talked a lot about was this concept of microaggressions. Yeah. Right? This constant re- the result of constantly getting less support and more bias. Yeah. Right? So, assumptions about what it is you need that, you know, women typically get less support in the workplace and 
with the additional duties that they have what we call the second shift. Mm -hmm. And there's this constant like bias or reminder, like how many times do you get touched? Mm -hmm. Like how many times do people assume something about you? Mm -hmm. Um, All of those things, just we know this and we've learned this from people of color, you know, who brought this to our attention, this idea of microaggressions. Mm -hmm. And I think it also is what impacts women. It's this constant drip, drip, drip. You know, you just start rusting away. Uh, yeah. Somebody actually recently, well, first of all, I love. I sound so depressing. I know. Jesus. We This is, would be the episode to have the brown liquor instead of tea. Yeah. Spice it up a little bit. I remember you saying one time you wish micro, microaggressions were just called aggressions. And yes. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Why do we have to make them tiny? That's weird. But also, I was talking to somebody recently about microaggressions and how they are a combination of things people do to you. Little things that are said, assumptions that are made, mm-hmm. statements, actions, etc. that are at sort of done to you but they're also this this um phenomenon of not being seen it's about the culture being absent of you yes exactly yes it's about also about not being recognized not not feeling like you belong that there's a place at the table yeah Mm -hmm. that there that and that also is this like leading to women leaving like peace out you guys this sucks right this sucks if you think about what we just said Women are overworked. We're killing ourselves out there. We're working harder than men. We're getting we're getting less credit for it. We're we're pulling the double shift or triple shift when we get home, and we're iced out or made to feel like we don't belong in the first place. No, it it is no surprise. And I just want to call out that these things are system. System. Yes. They're systemic issues. They're system issues. Yeah. Like. How friendly the workplace is to people that have like responsibilities outside of the office to care for somebody. Yeah. Right. Um, What kind of flexibility there is? What assumptions are we making? Are we all going out for drinks at five when like three of us are parents of young children who just have to be home at five? You Mm -hmm. know, we're making people make those kinds of choices. Are we really sorting through what works for people as opposed to just what works for the patriarchy. Right. Are we seeing and rewarding good work? Are we honoring, are we modifying our expectations of what good work is? Are we recognizing the extra work that women are, by the data, putting into the workplace around employee well-being, fostering diversity, equity, and inclusion? Are we recognizing the extra work? No, we're not. Right. The system does not recognize the extra work. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I find this kind of stuff so interesting on two levels first of all i get to see data that supports that shows me the experience that women are going through Mm -hmm. not just me not just you but all of the women out there and as a woman leader it gives me really interesting data that i can apply on a daily basis it like shows you where the skeletons are where are the problems where are the bumps where are the issues i completely agree with you this kind of data has absolutely changed the way I live in the world mm-hmm. at work. Yeah. And how I lead mm-hmm. and how I coach others to lead. It's really interesting. I was a huge proponent of the, the of there's a right and wrong way trying to be, you know, like black and white, cut mm-hmm. and dry. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting how over the course of the last five or six years, my perception of what the responsibility is of the workplace the and of the leadership that really dictates 
your workplace. It's really shifted it for me. And what's the bandwidth which we can operate? Like my bandwidth for operation has expanded enormously. What do you mean by that? Oh, like uh, a great example is language. I was an English major. I grew up with a spelling person. I have a specific idea about how language should sound, how writing should look. And I'm like, wait a minute. Not everybody has to talk the same way I talk. Yeah. I can actually hear other people who do not speak exactly like me. And by the way, there's value in that. Like I just kind of when I was like, if you didn't use if you didn't use the grammar that I learned, yeah, then it wasn't okay. Yeah. Right. So just that's one example of how my bandwidth has expanded in the workplace. Got it. To really see other people and their ideas and their and their strengths and what they have to offer, right? Yeah. It's a, been a, it's a game shifter. Yeah, okay. I uh, okay, that thank a you. A game changer. Game there we go. changer. Game you changer. Can shift your game too. That's fine. But I and I'm seeing that my own perception not only yeah, I've had that same shift and I've shifted also to be more much more focused mm. on creating conditions that are right for women. Mhm. That's also just been like, that is really different. It was so weird that I've been a woman, woman, a leader and a woman all of this time, but it's only been in recent years. And I, and as a function of the podcast and seeing the data about how, what women are And taking what you have learned over the last decades of your own work. Yeah. Putting that in that fabulous mixing bowl. Yeah. Yeah. But it is. I just want to call this out. It's important. These are system issues. They are system issues. And granted, we all as individuals have the ability to change the system. Mm -hmm. But not one of us can change the system. We need something a little more, you know, concentrated and coordinated in order to do system change. Yeah. Okay. Second issue that lean in came that McKinsey and lean in their other big trend. Yeah. Am I jumping too quickly? We no, I feel like I could talk about this forever. Right. No, but I do think we want to get back to this report. Yes. How, I do, I'm sorry. But I just want there's one little hang I knew there I would be. Clip. I, knew I know because I can't be. shut up. No, it, is that also, you know, they're looking at women in corporate America. But I also want to recognize that when we we have talked about statistics around women at work it, from a variety of angles, and one that has stuck with, stuck with me is how many women in the workforce are minimum wage workers and how many minimum wage w- w- women who are working mm-hmm. are also single mothers. Mm-hmm. And this report is talking about corporate America, but I don't think I don't think it's touching on a lot of other women workers. No, but they are experiencing. And what I would this stuff. To a larger degree, That's what I think, too. My bet is, is that the impacts of these things are more significant on those minimum wage workers. Yes. And just above me. Absolutely. And and really, the data that we have about compensation and race and promotion, I mean, we've talked about that before. I mean, yes. And so it's the so the so and that's all us. And I think that is what I'm trying to say is my epiphanies mm-hmm. year after year that I just keep growing and realizing it's all us. Like this is us. We're half, we're over half the workforce and it's, and it's just, and it kind of sucks for women. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, and I'm certainly far, far, far less than fair. Yeah. And even farther worse than ideal. Yes. Right. I mean, that's the thing too. Yeah. It's like, we can't, we, we're, we're, we're so far from fairness and we're even further from ideal. Yeah. Yeah. And I have. And I want ideal. I want ideal. 
We want that. I want that. Okay, why else are women leaving? What the hell else is going on? We've talked about this every year. We've talked about this McKinsey the broken report. Rung. The yes. broken rung. It's for every 100 men who are promoted from an entry level to a manager position. Yep. For every 100, only 87 women are promoted. Yep. And only 82 women of color are promoted. So you if you do that long enough, you get this exponential mm-hmm. difference and how many people you have in leadership. Oh, by the way, for, and for every one of those women that's promoted, two are leaving. Oh, that's right. I forgot. So we're going backwards. It's yeah, it's, yeah. so our represent we have a bro- yeah. And but the broken rung is is you just the middle never, management. Well, yeah, well you when you go from entry level okay. to your first management position and the problem is we can't we're not getting women on par with men right. or women on par with women of color onto that first rung. They're missing that first rung. It's like when you when you get paid a dollar less, your salary is your compensation is always a dollar less. If you start at a dollar less, you just get paid a dollar less, a dollar less, a dollar less. Every time you get a raise, right. you're never caught up. Right. Yes. And so that's what this is. And then it increases the disparity in between men and women in leadership roles because you're always taking you're always taking 100 men and you're always taking 87 women. So every time you do that, you lose 13, 13, 13, 13 over and over again. Yeah. It's cascading. Yes. Exponential growth, but not. Yeah. And this is a really good place, too, to talk about. And I love the way that McKinsey and Lean In uses this term, traditionally marginalized identities. Yeah. That have had a worse experience at work. Yeah. Which we know. But yep. they, there's more data. More right. data. Yeah, we talked about this in our Black Women at Work episode. Women of color are more ambitious, right? They're, they have a ton of, am, of ambition. Mm-hmm. Um, but even despite getting far less support than white women, in fact, they say 41% of women of color want to be top executives compared to 27% of white women. And yet they are seeing progress at a much slower rate than mm-hmm. white women are. Despite the fact that they want it more. Despite that they want it more. Mm-hmm. That Latina and black women are also less likely than other races to say that their manager shows interest in them, which is what we talked about before. It's yeah. like, do you get recognized? Mm-hmm. Are you seen mm-hmm. in the workplace? Yep. And they do not feel seen. Yep. They feel, we talked about psychological safety. They feel less psychologically safe. With building teams and effective teams, and they uh. feel less psychologically safe. Yep. And they also don't have strong allies on their team. Also, Asian women and black women are less likely to have strong allies on their teams and or, or a senior colleague who's that spo- interested, takes care of mentors or sponsors yeah. them, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we also have the issue with women with disabilities. Yep. Right. By the way, I learned a really interesting fact that I just want to just say just a side issue. But, you know, occasionally you hear the word handicap. Not mm-hmm. always, but you still hear that word. Yep. And I realized the derivation of that word is that people with disabilities were not in the in the olden days were not able to work, and so they had their 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 hand and a cap. Oh, so they put their with their hand put their cap out to take donations from people. So that's where the word handicap came from. <gasps> so when you think of that and you use the word handicapped, it's like ooh. That. Gross! Oh, I didn't realize. That. I knew a little I knew that the I knew that that was not. I knew that that was kind of. It's not a no. It's not a great word. None of these words are great, by the way. I just hate all of them. I don't think I love words so much, and I don't love any of these words. Which ones? Any of the words we talk about. I don't like traditionally marginalized. I don't like underrepresented. I don't like minorities. I don't like any of those words. I want just something better. People. I want people, but I also want to 
be able to recognize and acknowledge and the experiences of people, mm-hmm. right? I, that's really important to me. So I use these words because I don't have anything better. Mm-hmm. But so let's go back to disabled women in the workplace. Which I think is also women with disabilities. Yes. Not disabled women. Women with disabilities. Yes, right? women with disabilities. But Perfect. Again, I also learned that recently. Mm-hmm. We don't, we we start with the... We start with what, and then is it really all women or whatever? Right. Yes. We start with women. So yeah. anyhow, God, we just have so much to say. It's just ridiculous. It's a big You know what we should plate. do is start a podcast because we, we are so We might have a hundred episodes worth of stuff I to say. I believe we do have a hundred yeah. episodes worth of content. Anyhow, uh, women with disabilities have also have their competence challenged and undermined. They're frequently treated as though they are less than or do not have the, um, has, they have their judgment question. They have their area ex- of expertise questioned, etc. We also have data about LGBTQ plus women and women with disabilities being much more likely to experience demeaning or othering or other microaggressions mm-hmm. compared to women overall. So they're more likely to have people make comments about their appearance. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is a kind of a bleak picture. I mean, it's and this is, bleak. again, we don't, you know, it's not like we're ringing the gong. Two, for every one woman in leadership, two are leaving. One woman promoted to One woman promoted, two are leaving, yeah. And it is interesting that this data is pretty consistent with, it's getting worse, not better. But it's it's interesting to me that we, we are seeing this data year after year and it's bleak and or getting worse. And we're not... Mar- I mean, I guess we are marching in the streets. I don't even know what my point is, other than I just want to acknowledge, like, God darn it, right? Really, no, this is like, I, you know, I just, it's, I, I, I'm not, I haven't said it. I'm going to try not to say it a second time, but it just takes me back to Iceland, like, just everybody stop working, yeah. just to raise the awareness that these issues are here, because I just think people, I think our listeners know this, but I don't think the rest of the of the of the of the community has this understanding of the significance of this. Yeah. And I think it's interesting this, you know, we're coming at this saying ease, meaning, enjoy. That's what we want for women at work. And mm-hmm. here are all the ways that you personally can impact your own experience in the workplace. Right. We spend a lot of time on our own agency. Yeah. But honestly, this data is really like interesting how women are ex- exercising their agency by leaving. Yes. And the impact of us leaving the workforce is, or, you know, or, yeah, the impact of us leaving the workforce is profound. Communities are seeing that all across the U.S., across the developed, across the globe. Mm-hmm. And and that was my first point about hey, this this yes. this listeners is systemic stuff. This is not things that we can do something about. No, and I think what one of the things that I thought was really I mean. Good- I, of course, we can as individuals, but yes. for our own individual experience. Yeah, our, I mean. our mm-hmm. own. You know, there's only so much meditation and mm-hmm. tea that's going to change the mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. But I also found it really interesting that in this study, they highlight how women in tech, that's the place where we're losing the most ground. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching Melinda Gates talk one time about women in tech, and she said, you know, women if women are not at the table, tech technology is the future. And if women are not at the table of tech, then our voices are not, and our experiences will not be represented in this. Mm-hmm. McKinsey also goes on to say, wait a minute. These are the jobs of the future. These are the highest paying jobs. These are the places where 
they're growing, that they're more jobs. Yes. They're very highly paid. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if women in these roles have a negative day-to-day experience, if they're not um, psyched, then if they're not seeing an equal path to advancement, it can lead to these larger gaps in representation and earning and a snowball effect. And then not to, I mean, there's also the fact that women not participating in technology solutions will mean we have technology solutions that do not address the needs of women. Yeah. Right. Which is an even bigger issue than that. Yeah. If you've ever had a mammogram. That guy did not. That is a guy. Who designed that fucking Yes, he is. Me, designed that flipping Absolutely. machine. Absolutely. That was not designed by a woman. No, I that has been my, my favorite example. <laughs> the first time, the only time I've ever had a mammogram, which was this year. You were like, I was who like, designed this? I know. Where's the woman in tech that's going to fix this? This mammogram. This mammogram mm-hmm. machine. Because what in the what bloody? the heck are we thinking? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to cite the report, yeah, women in technical roles are twice as likely as women overall to say that they are frequently the only woman in the room. And we know what being the only does. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are there are things that the system can do to respond to this, right? Mm-hmm. So I talked about this a long time ago where Harvey Mudd, which is a really well-respected tech school college in California, um, actually has classes for people who don't have any computer experience, which is attracting young women Mm. because they haven't been programming their own computer games or doing this, blah, blah, blah. So they go into these classes with these, with these young men who've been who spent their lives in their room with their computer and they're so far behind because they don't have the experience and they've been able to attract and keep women in their computer science programs with this different kind of entry which is exactly what Intuit did which I find very interesting uh-huh. Intuit did the exact same thing and they brought in women into an apprentice pathway program so that they basically came in women came in as apprentices and were brought up to learn whatever they needed to know. Excellent. Which I think is fantastic. Yeah. That yeah. is, a, that is the counter to what mm-hmm. this report is talking about. So at Intuit, the, what they have now is 33% of their tech roles are held by women. And this is up by 6% in like two years, which is significant yeah. because they didn't go backwards. They did not go backwards. Everybody else was going backwards uh-huh. and Intuit was able to actually make a 6% uptick in the percentage of women participating. That's spectacular. Yeah. And that's, a, yeah. So a little good news. There's a little bright spot. Shout out to Intuit. Yeah, nice job, guys. <laughs> oh, my God. Nice job, sisters. Why is that guys? Folks. Folks. People. I Peeps. guess that's what they say people. Yeah. Okay, one other thing that um, the report highlighted was how rad remote and hybrid work is for women. It's a game changer, right? Yes. And what I was blown away with, I thought... Okay, so there's great data out there that remote and hybrid work is really important to women, that 49% of women leaders say flexibility is among the top three things they consider when they decide to join or stay with a company compared to 34% of men. Yep. Um, Only one in 10 women want to work fully on site. Most people want some kind of a blend. People who are disabled typically like more remote work. Mm -hmm. As we've discussed before, people who are women who are black, Latina, LGBTQ plus also like more remote work. So we have all because they experience fewer microaggressions. Sorry, they get to do their work more. That is also Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly sorry. Interrupted your friend. No. And then there's just the flexibility, whatever the flexibility. So I was like, Oh, we've just had this explosion of hybrid and remote work. So women are going to be so happy at work. Mm hmm. 
And even though this has done so much for flexibility and satisfaction at work, it has not been enough. Hmm. Just doing remote work is not enough to keep women engaged in the workplace, not doing the, you know, the shuffle around for their jobs and not just kind of leaving and being underemployed or unemployed, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I just thought it would have more impact. And I think it just shows you the drag of those other factors, right? How much pull the other factors have in being negative on women in the workplace. Yeah. It's just interesting to me. That is interesting. I did also, what you were saying to me um, when we first talked about this, how women um, who are able to work from home or hybrid are in some cases more satisfied. Mm -hmm. They do really enjoy it a lot. Like you said before, a lot of women want to work from home and, and yet they're not. It's, they're also disconnected. They're disconnected. Because we don't really know how to do remote work well. Yeah. And so a lot of people who do work remotely do feel disconnected. And they are more, like, they're also double, they're triple tasking. They're double tasking, which perpetuates the women holding it all together mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. You know, they're folding laundry on and, and taking the phone call. I speak for myself. I'm doing, I'm. When I work from home, I'm frequently on a client call and doing sweeping the floor, folding the laundry. Yeah. I don't do that when I do that because I because I have a hard time doing that many things at once. Shut up. I do. You do I not. Do. I've seen do. you talk and type at the same time. It's crazy. Hey, by the way, because um, speaking of remote and hybrid, I want to say one business that I've been working very closely with. We just invested in um, laptops for the entire workforce almost all of which are women. And I'm so excited for that. These women are no longer, these women and one guy are no longer chained to their desks. And we're just starting to see. It's so fantastic. Just starting to see the glimmer of a changed perspective. It's so great. Just shout out And I just, I think that's fantastic. But I will say this, I'll just say this and then we can conclude. But I was surprised that remote work did not have more of an impact on increasing women's satisfaction mm-hmm. in the workplace. Mm-hmm. I think the other things are just too big mm-hmm. and getting bigger all the time. I think it's keeping some women in the workforce, but it's not increasing their satisfaction. It's keeping them from leaving, but it's not increasing. Mm-hmm. It's not making it I better. I just thought it would be like this big game changer. Yeah. And I think it is a game changer. It's just that other things are also in the mix. Yeah, the positive and the negative mm-hmm. are kind of canceling yep. each other out. Yep. And you know, one when you and I, if you'll remember a couple of days ago when we first started thinking about this show, you were sitting on my back porch pretty cranked up about oh, this. Oh, I was yes. <laughs> yeah. I just am so I continue to be like so angry. Mm-hmm. Not I mean, I am also irritated. I'm also pissed. But it's just is so frustrating to me because what this tells me is that given that the allocation of work in the workplace, the recognition of women's work in the workplace, Mm -hmm. the allocation of work outside of the workplace. Right. This is a this is a system that allows women to be exploited Mm -hmm. and frankly abused Mm -hmm. and. When the system is benefiting from taking advantage of something, it is not very likely to change because it works for them. Yeah. Right? Yep. And so I just look at this and I think to myself, it's exploitative against women, of women. Yeah. And 
we spend a lot of time talking about what women can do. Mm-hmm. Oh, have your agency. Get connected. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, the system has to change. Mm-hmm. And if the system doesn't change, we're just stuck in this, like, rut of awfulness. Yeah. And I'll just do one. Maybe we just all need to walk off the job. Yeah. Maybe we just need to walk off the job for a half a day or a day just to say, P.S., by the way. Yeah. Right? It's just super frustrating that after all these years at this point in my life, I look at this and I think, okay, we're still really here. Yeah. We're still really here. We're still really, and if you can't, you can't see Kirsten, but she's tearing up. You can hear it in her voice. I get it. Yeah. It's just, KB is pissed. And cries. Yeah. KB is pissed and cries. And, and like, there's a, it's just, I just feel like sometimes I just need to go, you know, I don't want to even use the word warpath, but that's what it feels like. Yeah. Right. I just want to go on the warpath. Well, we, there, I know that the elections have passed. This is a whole nother reason to be pissed. But there's, you know, there are mechanisms. There are there are people making decisions for mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. from the, you know, business leader to the community leaders to the people that we put in office. There are... To uh, the clients we talk to. To the clients we talk to, to the behaviors <laughs> that we tolerate or, or and, don't. Or don't. But, you know, really paying attention to it. It's like I was saying kind of halfway through the show, recognizing that we do, many of us have control over some part of the system and opening our eyes to the plight of women, other women and their experience and voting to benefit women, making making change Mm -hmm. in your own, when you can, where you can, um, you know, even voting with your dollars. I have this thing. I only buy art from women these days. That's a great one. I love you know, that. Like, I know you do that. Even just random stuff like that. I know it's not, I know it almost feels like, you know, putting out a forest fire with a squirt gun, but mm-hmm. we're a formidable force. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I so appreciate like all of that because it is, what is it? What can we do? We don't, we don't leave listeners with just a, you know, a nothing burger. Yeah. What is it that we can do? And you've just said all of the great things that we can do to change this. And my own personal, like, what am I going to do about this? I'm just going to continue to look for the moments when I can speak out, do something, change the system. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, I'm just going to constantly, I'm going to, I realize that, you know, we continue to, we need to be diligent. Mm -hmm. We need to keep after this. Yeah. I think we need to be, and we need to be conscientious of what's happening with women. You know, I had a situation. Which is why we sit here and talk about this shitty news. I know. Yes. We have um, an initiative that just was on the ballot here locally that is going to increase our property taxes and fund child care and other services for lower income individuals. And I sat with my family and and through the lens of this podcast had the information to say an investment in childcare is an investment in women an investment in women is an investment in the economy this will pay us back tenfold by mm-hmm. saying yes to this initiative we support the very things that i believe in and i stand for things like that come our way all 
the There are plenty time. of opportunities for us to participate. We just have to find them and then have the incentive, the agency to do the thing. Yeah. Do the thing. Yep. I still want to walk off the job. I don't know why we're not organizing that. Maybe we should do that. Okay, let's do that. Okay, let's work on that. Okay. Let, okay. <laughs> let's work on that. Maybe by the time we get to podcast number 200. Yeah, maybe by 200 we'll have we a big protest. We will have had protest. the big protest. Yes. I don't even think people need to protest, honestly. I think they need to go home, put their feet up, make a cocktail. Yeah. Go for a walk. You know, whatever they want to do. I'm not interested in creating more work for them. I just want them to walk off the job. Let's just, can you and I start by can doing that Can we just do a walk-off day of rest? Can we just do like a walk-off? I think we should do a national day of rest for women. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> and it's nothing. You do nothing. We channel Iceland. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. Thanks, listeners. Thank you so much. We, Talk to you next good. time about something better, we promise. Well, no, it's good. This is all good. It's we got to see it. We have right? to see this it's shit. The we thing. have to see it. We cannot be in denial. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Karina and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded and produced by yours truly, Karina Hoyer and Kirsten Barron. Find all of our episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on our website, or email us at yougettowork at gmail.com. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. <laughs> I'm going to get my shoes off. And by the way, we are recording. Okay. Hi, Stacy. Okay. That was a lovely sound. Ooh, I don't have anything to drink. Me neither. Okay. We're just going to go dry We're gonna mouth go. it. We're going to dry mouth it. About all I can commit to these days is hydration. Tingling. <laughs> We're drinking brown liquor on this episode. Stacy. I'm going to let all of our l- listeners know. Is there something illegal under the FAA about that? I, fucking I don't know. I don't care. Are we ready? <laughs> There's just shit everywhere, as usual. I feel like I haven't set you up for success over there. Like you I need feel more super, surfaces. No, to I put feel your stuff super on. successful. <sighs> I feel so powerful. Do you want to power it? Do you want to power it? I just powered up. Power pose. Does it want to? Do you want a power pose? You know it. <laughs> I can power pose through the whole fucking episode <laughs> most days. <laughs> I always feel bad when I like hack in the f- mic with Stacy. I just Stacy and I have talked about it, and she listens to every minute of this show, and is and happily edits out all of your hacking. <clears throat> are we recording? I'm gonna assume we are. Okay, let me just is, have some more tea. Are you? Do you love that fucking tea? Oh my god, I love it. It has it super tanniny too. It's got a lot of tannins. I'm gonna hold it the whole time. Are we ready? Are we playing? <clears throat> Are we on? I think we're on. Are we playing? I think we're on. I'm going to try the casual record today. Okay, you're going to sit on your ass. I'm just going to lay back here. Green is on her B U T T. Um, okay, I'm going to check in about the um, noise also that people might hear the chainsaw that my neighbor's doing because I think it stopped. We're professional podcasters. I well, think maybe it it's the um, air freshener. That's a generator. That's not a chainsaw. Pressure washer. Yeah, pressure washer. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, you sit still over there, friend. God, dear God. (laughs) I almost had a panic attack. Okay. Ready, friend? Ready. Not inspired. Hmm. So let's just do it. This doesn't have to be perfect. No. 
this would be great. Let's just do it. What's your problem? <laughs> we don't want to talk that much. I know people. We... People need to get to other shit. Okay, you ready, friend? Mm-hmm. I'm ready. <laughs>